Hello, this is Chris. And this is Andrew. And welcome back to uh, the last episode, we think, of Video Games Cover to Cover's continuing coverage of The Witcher 3. This is episode 36 of the show and part 23? Mm, there you go. All right. <laughs> I got it this time. You I, got it I last to time, too. Oh, good. It gets hard because it's it's such a long number and trying to remember the difference between like the one in this series and the, like the total episode number is difficult. But anyway, yes, and, and to your point, this is definitely the final episode of our Witcher content because uh, we did it. We have completed Blood and Wine, and yeah. the first question I want to ask you before we go through everything, and I understand that this is probably something that we should do for the recap, but I'm dying to know, since we've debated about it so many times, do you actually like Blood and Wine better at this point? In terms of an overall package, definitely for sure. I really appreciate a lot of the things that were different and just sort of combine, like the stuff we talked about in previous episodes where even the things that were, you know, kind of rehashed, like the tournaments and things like that had variations to make them feel fresher and a lot of the side quests were interesting and i feel like there's about to be a but i don't know i genuinely feel like in terms of the actual story i don't know maybe it's because you were selling it up so much I, i thought that i didn't like it i really enjoyed it but i don't know that i enjoyed it more than heart of stone story i don't know i guess i must have done you a disservice because in my opinion, this is like far and away significantly better than Hardest So. So, I mean, taking it as the complete package with the side quest and everything else, yes, it's definitely better. But ju- if I just think about the plot that happened, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I enjoyed them about the same. I don't know. I guess I'd have to disagree with you. But remind me where we left off last time, because I know I was farther than you. The last thing we talked about last time was. When Detloff and Regis showed up after the party, I guess, and had that conversation, the super tense conversation with the Duchess. That's right. The first thing that comes next after the party is going to the castle to get the Duchess's sister back and save Detloff's kidnapped former girlfriend, (laughs) his lover. and deal with whoever's behind all this blackmailing. So there's a lot going on. Because at this point, we still don't know. Yes. And we specifically tell Regis at the party that him and Detlaf are not to come. We quickly find out that they screw it, come anyway. And They sure do. Dude, you talk about like, oh, we didn't have to do anything with Zoltan. And oh, this person took care of these guys. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Yeah. At this point, I'm like super glad that they are on our side because what happened was insane. Yeah, for real. Regis and Detlaf are just teleporting all over the place, taking out whole groups of people. And I'm just sitting there like, this is nuts and this is awesome and this is everything I've wanted to see. Like, this is great. And that's what it, it's just one of those reasons why, again, this game just keeps throwing curveballs at you all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, we won't go. We won't go. I was fully expecting them to come anyway. 
but I wasn't expecting them to completely lay waste to every single thing in their path. And they throw a lot of guys at you in this section. Like, a lot. Oh, it was probably, an insane amount. Well, because Probably more f- than any other point in the game up to this point, honestly. When you first get there, there's really not a... Basically, it's, okay, well, we think that... Because even the captain knows... Hey, his girlfriend's probably in the basement or something, specifically Detlaf's girlfriend. And then when we get there, we find out that Sienna's actually in the top tower. So we're kind of mm-hmm. talking to him and kind of figuring stuff out. And while we're storming the bottom is when Detlaf and Regis show up and they just, it's, it's just nuts. I mean, each wave, and they probably did like five or six waves of guys, each wave like had like 15 to like 25 guys. Yeah, it was a lot. They threw a ton of people at you. This Citroen that they keep mentioning really, really doesn't want to get caught. Mm -hmm. So then we get to the top. It was probably, it beat out even like the fight against the wild hunt in the base game in terms of the sheer amount of enemies that were coming at you. Oh, yeah. Like easily. Oh, by far. Yeah. At the time, that felt like a really unmanageable number of enemies. So then having substantially more at once and then blasting through them because of those two guys felt really satisfying. I'm not going to lie. Oh, it was insane. (laughs) If we had these two in the fight against the Wild Hunt, it had been over before it even started. Yeah. And that's what I, that is actually a little confusing to me because vampires also live on Earth. Were vampires just not going to do anything about this until it affected them? Well, the... It's sort of the same thing. It's like, well, why wasn't Captain Marvel in... Why did? Why hasn't she showed up to this point? Yeah. It's like, I kind of get that it would have been over if they did, but it was because of the way that it was set up, it was so satisfying that they just laid waste to everything. And yes. surprise, surprise, you get to the top and Sienna... Anna Henrietta's sister also just happens to be Detlaf's long-lost lover. Yep. It was a twist that I had figured out on the way in, but I was at the same time, even when it happened, I was like, yep, they actually went there and was still like really impressed by that. Oh, yeah. So I had kind of already knew about that, but the increasingly tense conversation after the reveal, I was not ready for because Sienna is really not owning up to anything. And she just kind of says, oh, cool, Detlaf, you're here. Um, Yes, thank you for coming to rescue me. And Geralt sitting there going, no, no, no. Are you going to lie to him or what? Because I happen to know something about you. And I... The option I chose was not, you're lying to us. I specifically chose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell the truth. I don't actually remember which one I did there, but I mean, obviously it came out the same way in the end. She still kind of... Spill, like eventually comes out with it, yeah. No, no, she doesn't. She still is very aloof about it to the point where eventually Detloff just turns into smoke because Geralt says... Yo, you're the girl. You're Anna Henrietta's sister. What have you been doing? Why are you doing this? 
Like, you're the one going around killing people. You're the same person. And he basically, like, gets real mad. Is like, is this true? Is this true? And she just, again, just doesn't really say anything at all. And then he says, I will give you an opportunity to come clean on all of this. You have to meet me at this time in this place or something bad is going to happen. Or and he turns into smoke and just leaves. Well, specifically what he says is he's going to burn down the entire country. Uh, yes, that's right. Which so not a small threat by any means. <laughs> so very next up on our list is, OK, well, now we've arrested this prisoner and let's go figure this out, I guess. So the Duchess shows up because, of course, she does. The Duchess always shows up. <laughs> and they explain the situation and explain that Detlaf is the vampire. So we explain the situation that Detlaf is the vampire. And, you know, she's properly stunned by that. The person I was just talking to over wine. Yep, that was him. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Because he goes, oh, by the way, yeah, Detlaf, you know the guy. He was at the party. And she was like, wait, what? She's like, Detlaf? No, the guy from Nazir? She's like, that couldn't possibly be him. And Geralt's like, well, uh... Surprise. It is. Oh. And she says, okay, so my sister is the one doing all this. You're going to jail. And we're like, no, you can't do that. We have to take her. And she absolutely refuses and takes her off. Well, because Geralt tries to convince her, no. Right. Detlaf is like reasonably angry we have got to take her to go see him so we can talk about this situation and get all this figured out right and de-escalate before it gets any worse this is another one of those times where she kind of threatens as she's like i think this is one of those instances where she says you did what you were paid to do now it's done no she actually specifically says that you haven't done anything you've been paid to do. Like she basically says you haven't done anything and storms off. Oh, okay. That this entire thing has been, you know, that you, you, you've basically completely failed because you got his sister, but Detlef's still out there. You haven't actually hunted. Now you're trying to sit there and say that she's got to immediately give her sister back up. Like, so she's having none of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I apologize. That's yeah. Now I do remember that now because at this point, I remember being super, super ticked off at her because I'm like, I don't even care that you're the queen because I think there's a certain point. I think after she arrests her and takes her away, Geralt then has the opportunity and you can go back. I don't know if it's here or if it's somewhere else, but I know I'm talking to Anna Henrietta. And I think when we get back to the crown as she's arresting her, as Geralt, I specifically said, no, you do not understand. This is how it is. And you kind of have the opportunity to kind of talk back to her, which I did. I don't know what you did in that instance, but I definitely talked back to her because I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry, but you are wrong. And then she looks at you and everyone just kind of stands back and gasps. And they're like, oh, I, I can't believe he said that. And she yes. basically says, Watch what you say, Geralt, because I can hold you for treason or some other horribly bad thing, and you'll never get out of here. And Geralt basically says, whatever, and leaves. Yeah, that was actually 
after a little bit of a time skip, and I just because I distinctly remember the conversation, which I'm assuming is where the gap between part one and part two of the DLC was. I there's really I'm pretty sure part one ended at this moment that we're talking about. Yes, it just part- feels like the end. Yeah, but we've spent way more time on this than I feel because part two sounds like it's just going to be one episode in that case. Yeah. Well, but also that's partially because part two wasn't as long in the plot, but some of it also is like, who knows when some of those side quests were introduced in part one or part two, and we covered all of those. And I guess also that's part a- two has a big split that, you know, splits it in half. I, yeah, I guess that's a good point. I didn't take into account the all the side quests and stuff. So it's possible that they added more. Yeah. But but the main reason I say that is because of the fact that there's this time skip and him storming off saying you have to bring her by that point feels very much like where they would have put the gap in the DLC. Well, it's because when you are talking to her and you specifically have that conversation with her and everyone's like, I cannot believe you just said that to the Duchess. That is when vampires start raining down on the city. Right. Which has been a time skip because she has kept Sienna locked up somewhere. We don't know where. And the time for this has expired. And Geralt has been completely unable to locate Nedloff in this time because that's why he comes back saying, I can't find him anywhere. Oh, and and that is when she's talking about how you're useless and you haven't done anything that you're supposed to do. You were supposed to track him down. You were supposed to do all this. And he's like, all of this could have easily been resolved with a simple conversation, but you've made it so much worse. Right. You have made this worse. And that's when she gets really, really mad. That's right. And so it's at this time that vampires start raining chaos down on this city. And this fight is nuts. So Regis is actually there when all this is kind of going down. And so he says, okay, I'll help you get through the city, but you, you basically we have two options. We can go find Sienna and try to get her to Detlaf, or we can break glass scenario and specifically convince Ophelia to get us an audience with the ultimate supreme vampire of the continent or this specific of area. Sassant, at least, yeah. And if he says Detlaf has to show up, then Detlaf has to show up. And Geralt goes, okay, well, how do we kind of convince him to get us to do that? And Regis says, uh, that's going to be up to you, bro. Yeah. I can just get you there. Well, you I can't even do that because Ophelia has to get you there. Exactly. I can get you in the general area, but I can't do anything beyond that. That's going to be all you. Yeah, and then um, he doesn't even actually help you in through the city because he goes off to protect the Duchess. Because when the vampires attack, Geralt tells him and he like pulls the Duchess away and then says they'll meet up when Geralt decides what he's going to do. Oh, I decided immediately. Oh, I didn't. I was like, I need a second to think about it. And then I decided which one I was going to do, but... I decided immediately. Oh. And so then he came with me through the entire city. Oh, that would have made things way easier. That sucks. Because <laughs> there were a lot of hard fights in the city. Oh, it was like such a breeze for me. Yeah, now I'm really disappointed. You should have decided immediately. So, Clearly. So, 
I guess what was your decision? Because maybe he didn't come with you for another reason. Uh, I was going to do Sienna. Okay, so again, we did the exact same thing. Cool. Yeah, so I guess we will be probably one episode because we were like half the content. Neither of us did because we went the other direction. Ugh. Because I went and looked it up afterwards. And yeah, there's a completely different set of missions if you go the other route. Well, yeah, because you have to go talk to Ophelia and then you have to figure out this. And I'm sure that you're going to have to do something for the elder vampire to Mm -hmm. actually get him to do your thing. But okay, well, that sucks. I kind of wish I guess I should have went back and did that section. So that way we could actually kind of talk about it a little bit more. But who knows? Maybe I'll go back and do that and add something on to this later. I, we both know that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know why you say that, because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Listen, we didn't have enough time to fix 34 before we sent it out, so I'm definitely not going to have enough time to do that. Yeah. I'm about to be in a completely different city, so like... <laughs> yeah, we don't really have... I, I guess, excuses aside, it, it just so happened both of us were going to live with our mistakes, so to speak. Yeah. Although, there is a reason I specifically did this one. Why is that? Because in the conversation with Anna Henrietta, she specifically said she had to move her to a different location because mobs were trying to get in to murder her. Yes. And because of that, I said, now chaos is raining down on the city. There is a very good chance that somebody might kill her And now this is like a super bad scenario because if Detlaf doesn't get the opportunity to talk to her and she's dead after I force him to show up, this is really not going to be good. I think he's already going to be mad at me, but if she's not there, like, I don't think anything is going to stop him from destroying the city. I mean, you say, I think he's going to be mad. Like, he's well past Matt already, man. Well, he... He's he's mad, but he's even more mad because she didn't show up. So, like, he's really, really mad. So, if I force him to show up by essentially tricking him by making the elder make him show up, and then she's dead, he's going to be, like, Super Saiyan level mad. <laughs> so, he's mad now. I don't think he's SSJ mad. If... We force him to show up, and turns out that a mob has killed his girlfriend. He's gonna be mega ultimate mad. SVJ, super vampire gen. <laughs> there, oh, jeez. <laughs> sure. Is that... Uh, I don't know. I just... That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's at this point that both of us make... I, I guess both of us made the decision to, to do this, so I guess I'll kind of get into it. From that this does, point. I was actually going to ask you that, though. That explains a lot, though, because like I said, that fight, trying to go through the city, because we were trying to go get to the guard captain guy to get information on where Siana might be, but that was brutal. Like For the most part, this DLC has not been super hard, but from this point forward, this game got really tough. So I will actually say that he didn't help me for every fight, which I thought was strange. He didn't help me for pretty much any of the boss fights, but any of the low-level people on the way, he did help me with. But for some reason, he just stood there for a lot of the boss fights, although I had no issues with the boss fights. The only issue... I'll take that back. I had an issue 
with one of the boss fights specifically because it was the one with two Bruxen. I was about to say that was by far the hardest part. That was difficult because it's like being in a fist fight with two people, except now those two people are vampires. And even though you have your Witcher gear, this is going to suck. Yes. So I basically just went through and focused on one of them. Even if the other one started attacking me, I would try to do anything I could to disengage. And so I would try to (laughs) essentially, I would try to do anything I could to disengage from the one that was attacking me. If it wasn't the one I was focusing on. Mm -hmm. And that's really how I was able to beat it in the end. Yeah, same here. I mean, that and leaning really heavily on Quen and, or, well, no, I couldn't because I had to use Yurden to slow them down so you could actually hit them, which was annoying. Wait, what? Like, they block, like, all your stuff, but if you have them in the Yurden circle, they, it's a lot easier to hurt them. Oh, well, (laughs) I guess, I mean, that's how I got through most of those fights, was leaning really heavy on Yurden. Oh, well, again... It's because you're not using the only good skill. You you changed your skills around, and that's what that's what did it. I told you last time that the skill you switched to sucked, and I was never using the one you were talking about, though. I was using a different one. I don't understand how I've been talking about it this long and how amazing it is, and you're still not using it. It is by far the best skill. Not only does it slow them down, it also freezes them for a period of time. It's basically all of the skills in one. I get that we beat the game at this point, but I've harped on that in multiple occasions last episode, and you still refuse to use it. It wasn't a matter of refusing, but I mean, I would probably agree. It seems it sounds like we can safely say that that skill is very overpowered because yeah that would have helped a lot in those vampire fights i'm not disagreeing with i didn't even think about it honestly which is just insane to me because i probably spent like a good five ten minutes specifically telling you how great that skill was i know so you just don't listen to me i get it i understand you know (laughs) i try to help i try to give you the tools to complete the game more efficiently and you just ignore me it's honestly, you know, it's a little upsetting, Andrew. I have to be <laughs> honest. It doesn't surprise me that you don't take my opinions into consideration because you still are under the delusion that you're a good witcher, but <laughs> you, you can't possibly be a good witcher because you're not using the skills that are most effective. And I know it's because, well, I want to have blue and red, and that's only a blue skill, so I obviously can't use it, but it doesn't matter, man. It's so much better than all the other skills, in my opinion. <laughs> but I had well, a significantly just, easier time. What level are you? Uh, when I finished the game, I think I was 54. Okay, because I think I finished around 52. But at this point, I've done like literally everything. Well, which explains why you're a higher level than me. Right. Uh, but doesn't explain why you had a harder time than me. Were you using the vampire oil? Yes. I didn't. Until later when I needed it. I used it. I didn't use it all the time, but I used it for the fight through the city and for a couple other situations. I had completely forgotten that it was even an option. I'll tell you the one I did forget about, though, was Black Blood. I, that was another one I I forgot about until I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> so but, you get through the city because the whole point, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to the captain. 
And the reason you're trying to get to the captain is because he is the only person that has any idea where Sienna is. And when you get to him, he is horribly disfigured. Like he had a giant gash across his face and most of his men are dead. The ones that are alive are either hurt or trying to help the injured. They are all in a really bad way. And Geralt says, Damien, I have got got to to know. First of all, you have to fall back. Second of all, you have got to tell me where Sienna is. And at first, he kind of says, no, we'll be fine. We've gotten this far. Because what he says is, he goes, I I can't believe it. You, you, You took those vampires on by yourself. That's in, insane. He goes, again, I am a witcher. I am quite literally designed for this work. And he kind of says, okay, I get it. And when you're talking to him and, and you first tell him, I need to see Sienna and you guys have got to fall back. The very first thing he says is, no, that's, that's not an option. We must protect the city. To which Geralt, I don't know if this was an option or what, but my Geralt said, Damien, the best thing you can do for this city is tell me where Sienna is, and the best thing you can do for your men is to fall back, because if you stay here, not only will your men die, but you will die. This is only going to get worse, and the only thing that will stop it is if I get Sienna to Detlaf. And at that point, he backs off because he kind of takes a moment to himself and he kind of is reflecting on what Geralt says. And he looks over to his men and his men just look dejected, defeated. And they, they look at him and just shake their head. At least one of his guard guys does. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes, okay, we are in a bad way. Geralt, I am technically going against the queen or the duchess. When I say this, All I can tell you without getting myself in more trouble is I saw her going in this direction. Into the toy room. And that's all I know. Geralt says, wait, what do you mean the toy room? He goes, Geralt, I've already said more than I should have. And then he kind of starts packing up his men. And I I believe Geralt says something to the effect of get yourself to safety, but thank you. Yeah, he basically says, like, retrace the steps I took, you know, because that'll be the safest path. At this point, again, Regis comes with me. So yeah, this is where Regis caught up. Like, comes for me. Geralt talks to a raven, and then Regis shows up. And so at this point, I think it reunites, and we're because I'm back with him at this point. Okay. I guess I will say though, in terms of because I was thinking about this while we were talking about the Damien part. The other reason that it was probably a little bit easier for you is because you had that mod, so you were getting like all the bonuses for the set and stuff, which I was not. So that probably made a little bit of a difference. I only got the 200 Quen bonus that I didn't even use because no, I was using that other skill. But the other bonus about the like recasting Quen also says that the more pieces of the set you have, the more likely that is to trigger. So I guarantee you, you got more Quens than I did. I wear five pieces of the gear in general. So it only the fact that I had the mod, I maybe it would have been like a 5% better chance of getting a Quen. I know you're trying to make excuses for yourself. No, I'm not. I was just, just saying aren't. that that's another reason. I'm if you'd like, the I though. can reload my save and turn mods off. I don't care. I'll I'm do just it. commenting. I'll do it right now. We'll pause this whole episode. No, please. 
<laughs> so at this point, we well, apparently you are reunited with Regis, but I never had him other than the fact that he just kind of I did think it was weird the whole time that every time we came across a boss fight, he stood there and did nothing. Now that you've told me if you don't make your decision and he's not there, it makes complete sense to me. It doesn't make sense that why he wouldn't have left otherwise. I don't know. Maybe it was just a bug that he came with me, but it, it couldn't possibly be a bug because he kept talking to me the whole time. He kept mentioning like what we're going to do, what our plans are, because Geralt kind of says, hey, man, like I need to know that you're on my side here. And he's like, yes, I, I've. You know, this is nuts. I'm going to try and help as much as I can. It, and he just basically says, I don't, basically just tries to make excuses for Detlaf the entire time. It's just whatever. It doesn't really matter what he had to say, but there was actually dialogue for it. So it felt very, very strange that he was there and did nothing. So I guess on some level, it now kind of makes sense that. He didn't do anything, but on the same standpoint, I'm still kind of sitting there thinking, that's really dumb that he didn't. Why even be there if you're not going to do anything? But I guess I've harped on that long enough. At this point, <laughs> you... Because the, the fights would have been way easier if he actually did anything. I mean, that's very clear. And, and again, like you said, the hardest fight was that Bruxa fight. That was nuts. So at this point, you've, you've met up with Detlaf. Or not Detlaf, Det. Detlaf's coming with you to go rescue the girl to get Detlaf. <laughs> what a good description, Chris. Good job. <laughs> so we retrace our steps and we find the toy room. And looking around the toy room, there's obviously toys everywhere. It is, I mean, I understand that growing up, I kind of had a toy room too, just a place where we put all of our toys and everything like that. But it kind of seemed like their toy room was a toy house. I mean, honestly, it is kind of amazing. And I don't know. We never actually saw Nilfgaard proper, for example. But especially compared to, like, the, I guess, castle equivalents in Skellige or whatever. Like, the Duchy's Palace is gigantic. It is humongous. Not to mention the fact that it basically has a countryside associated with it. Because there's like this gigantic garden that is basically the size of Geralt's entire house and property. And then there's a lake attached to that. And the castle itself is also massive. I was just sitting there thinking, this is nuts. And then we apparently go off to this other offshoot that is apparently also the castle. And it's just this little building the size of a house that just basically holds all of their toys. And not to mention the fact that apparently their wizard built them a fairy tale land. Yeah. So, what? So we were talking about like powerful wizards and stuff. I don't know anything about this person other than even Regis recognized them and was like, oh, wow, that guy's a big deal. But I was not expecting what we got when we found this book and like oh my god how did the even by the ridiculous standards of what we've seen magic do in this game 
that's just like an entire other level. Like, it is absurd. Like, no dip that this guy is amazing because whatever this, he attaches, you kind of walk around the toy house and there's just a bunch of toys. And eventually you figure out that there was this storybook that the both of them would go into for fairy tale land. You get in there and it's no joke. It is a gigantic fairy tale world. It's like this whole other world. So not only in the DLC do we get Toussaint, which is a whole other world, but now we have this whole fairy tale world that we're in. And yeah. it's just insane. And, and they, when you're going through this world, a lot of the residents of the world are kind of talking about, yeah, the magic's kind of deteriorating and, and that's why everything's kind of going nuts. And I'm just sitting there thinking, this is insane. How is this even a thing? So this world, apparently time is different. Well, regardless, you meet up with Sienna and she is currently being, she isn't being attacked by a witch, but somebody that Sienna is interrogating or needs to get out of this place is being attacked by the Wicked Witch. Everything, like we said, is building off of a fairy tale. And this fairy tale just, the first one you come across just happens to be the same allegory, or I don't know if I'm using that word right, but it just happens to be the same fairy tale about the crones of kids follow candy into the woods. And I thought it was supposed to be Hansel and Gretel. It was Hansel and Gretel, but that was the same. That was the same thing that the crones were kind of based off of. There's candy inside the woods. And then the witch eats them just like the crones did. Yeah. So you get up there and this witch is going ham. She, like, I don't know how else to, how else to explain it. We're, we're going nuts. She, she's like flying all over the place and like throwing acid in your face and stuff. And then Sienna's in the background like, oh, what are you doing, man? You're going to figure this out. Like, like, you probably don't want to touch that. I'm like, thanks for the help over there. I don't know what to tell you, lady. Like, do you see what's going on right now? This is not a good situation to be in, and you're just standing there off by yourself doing nothing. Meanwhile, going, yeah, we got to save the kid. We got to figure this out. Okay, whatever, man. So I'm killing this lady, and you got to wait for her to come in for an attack with her shield down for you to shoot her with with the telekinesis blast with Ard. At least that's how I did it. Oh, you did crossbow? Yeah, because, I mean, either way, it knocks her off her thing, and then I just annihilated her with my sword. This is, I mean, this is just what I'm talking about. This is just the perfect situation for Ard. Yeah. And she gets off of there, and then then she keeps summoning people, which I'm perfectly fine with, because here's the thing. At this point in the game, I am still using Erendite. Mm-hmm. I ain't using it anymore. No, me either. I was going to ask you about that. I, I'm i guessing that you found the same sword that I did. Probably. That was inside of Fairytale Land. Even yep. though everybody says that Erendite is the best sword in the game, I don't know about that. I mean, probably if you level it up to max, I'm sure it probably is. But that sword is real nice. I mean, this, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Erendite is the only sword in the game that specifically levels up with you. So I, I kind of get it there. I will say the one thing I loved about Fairy Tale Land is 
every single time the Pixies showed up, that is just a guaranteed level up for the sword. More attack for me, baby, because I can blow through 10 of them. And now that you've told me about the whole Ard trick, or Quen trick, where if you get hit with Quen, you don't actually get hit, and it doesn't reduce that. Mm-hmm. I was going through this whole area, waiting for Pixies to show up, and just, just blasting through all of them, getting a bunch of attack points for Arendite, and I was having a great time in Fairy Tale Land. So after you defeat this witch... I actually had to bust out a lot of my uh, repair kits for once because we had such a long time where we were just going, It which was fine. Like, I'd been sitting on so many this whole game, and I finally got to use some of them. In these last sections, I basically blasted through all of my items. It's like the hoarding that I have done through this entire game has culminated in, like, this section because... I have never needed to use so many items. Like, just like you, my things kept getting disrepaired and everything like that. A lot of attacks are specifically hitting chest, which is doing a ton of damage to my chest pieces. I had to use a lot of my items like that because there was no place to get repairs. Even when I was able to get repairs, I'm in the end game. This whole section feels like endgame, and I don't even think to go back to a blacksmith. I haven't been to a blacksmith since before the fight with Regis and Detlaf. I have not to a blacksmith since then. I don't even know if you could, because at this point, like, everything just kind of happens, because you definitely couldn't get one while the city's on fire. No, and you couldn't get one in fairy tale. Right. Basically, at this entire point through the end of the game, it just goes. Like, there's no go to this area to continue the next quest. You just automatically go there every time. So you save Sienna, who in turn saves, I'm assuming Hansel, but I think, I don't know what she called him. Can't I don't remember, remember what his name was. I know a lot of the fairy tale. I think she actually called him Jack, which I thought was confused because it kind of sounded like this was Jack and Jill. Because I, I want to say she called him Jack, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, there. it could have been Beanstalk Jack. Oh, that's right. It was Beanstalk yeah. Jack. Because she specifically says, hey, I need to know where those beans are at. Because later, Sienna explains to Geralt, I need the magic beans because there are two ways out of here. Anna closed the one way off that's easy to get to. The only other way is up in the clouds where, you know, the fairy tale of Jack and the Beanstalk climbs up the cloud to get the goose with the golden egg with the giant and everything. So the other way out of this whole thing is up there. Because at first, when you got to this whole area, I'm thinking to myself, and Gerald actually mentions this, this place seems super dangerous for children. Why on earth would he ever do this? And why on earth would you ever go here? Because she's talking about how she has these fond memories of this place. And this is basically her childhood. And then it's explained to you, yeah, the magic really hasn't been upkept this whole time. And the fairy tales are still not going to attack either of them because they're specifically designed to not. Like that's basically rule number one is do no harm to those two. But Everybody else, on the other hand. Everybody else, oh, you're dangerous. Because that's why the pixies are attacking you. That's why the witch is attacking you. It's why everyone attacks you through this whole fairy tale section, which 
for the first time, they're basically just sitting there. I'm thinking the developers are going, okay, so Seattle's going to be with them the whole time. Everybody hates escort missions. Just make her immune. (laughs) Just make it. No one will attack her. Nothing will happen. Boom, done. She just comes with you and occasionally spouts out quips of, you got to do this, or you got to do that, or go get this thing. She's basically Elizabeth from Bioshock Infinite. Yes. And it's fantastic. Except Elizabeth was super useful. Yeah, because Elizabeth would at least find items for you. Sianna does nothing. She basically just runs around. What do you mean? What did she do for you? She pulls her sword out and participates in the fights sometimes. Oh, yeah. You must have noticed something that I didn't because I don't think I ever had her do any fights. Like, I don't. She definitely wasn't a help in, you know, nearly as much as coming off of Regis and Detlaf and stuff, but she did participate. So they weren't kidding when they were talking about this magic is basically unwinding because more so than fairy tales normally are, these fairy tales are nuts. Not the fairy tales themselves, because the fairy tales are very much the fairy tales of old, maybe not Brothers Grimm old. As no, far I mean, as kind of very much Brothers Grimm old in terms of, because the Brothers Grimm versions were already pretty dark. No, I understand that, but what I'm saying is they weren't that dark, but they were real dark. <laughs> Specifically, I'm thinking of Tangled, because yeah, when you roll up on that tower and see that the knight, I guess, just fell off and broke his neck, mm-hmm. and then you get into the tower, and she's hanged herself with her own hair, I'm like, this is nuts. Okay, thanks for the magic bean. There's one thing, I don't know if you noticed this or not, the items in there respawn. I did not notice that. Specifically the food. There was a table of food in Rapunzel's tower that I grabbed food from it, and then I started looking around the tower, and then I looked back, and I'm like, wait, there's food again. There's no way I forgot. I walked up, I took the food, waited a couple moments, boom, the food came back. Like, what? Hmm. Amazing. I'm just going to farm food. And then I'm sitting there thinking, I have so much so much items. Yes. Why on earth am I spending any of my time doing this? So I immediately stop that plan and continue on with the rest of the quest. But you know what, though? I assume that that was there because it wouldn't let you meditate at all during this entire section. Except I don't know if maybe this was mods or what. No, I. it's the same thing. I'm pretty sure it was a bug. Where you meditate and it says you can't meditate, but then you exit and your health bar is full anyway. And if you needed to do items, it automatically refreshes them. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Okay, I so assume that was a bug. I don't necessarily know if it was a bug. I think that was just a way for them to be like, yeah, you can't meditate right now, but it doesn't really feel fair to basically not let you have the benefit of doing that because you've had it for many other quests but some of these quests have to stay to a specific timeline so i'm thinking that it might be because of that i mean it's possible that it was a bug but the fact that it not only gave you full health but it basically acted like a meditate even though you couldn't do it as long as you weren't in combat it kind of felt like one of those things of yeah let's just give it to them i know we're not letting them meditate but maybe we should just give it to them because it doesn't feel fair that they can't meditate here when they would realistically be able to meditate in any other situation. I mean, there were definitely other parts in the game where 
it wouldn't let you meditate, and I don't think it worked like that, which is part of why I thought it was a bug when it happened here. It didn't just happen for me here. Oh. I had this throughout the entire game. Every single time I couldn't meditate, if I was in the middle of a mission, that would happen. Hmm. Maybe I just didn't pay enough attention then. It happened to me all the time. I've never brought it up until now because I've really never had a reason to bring it up. But yeah, it's happened to me throughout the entire game if there was a section where I couldn't meditate. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, so Rapunzel's a white and you have to fight her. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy fight. Everything in oh, the yeah. fairy tale was incredibly easy, which, I mean, compared to the vampire things that we just had, I'm. it almost feels like, because at this point, I'm thinking that, I was very much thinking at this point in the game that the vampires throughout the city, because I've had to try like way harder than I needed to try pretty much the entire rest of the game. I was kind of thinking that, oh, well, that must have been like a final boss type thing. And when you go get her, that's just going to basically kick off the end of everything. Nope. (laughs) No. Which is why I'm thinking the second part of Blood and Wine, I I almost feel like it would have been before. The thing is, unless we specifically look it up, we're not going to know. Yeah. I'm just saying in terms of like the plot beats and stuff that feels like the moment where it was a split because it is like a climactic. Okay. You did this thing, but now you have this other problem, like end of act sort of thing. And also the specific fact that he's like, well, you will come back, you know, you got to meet me at this time, X number of days in the future. And then it immediately time skips forward, which makes me think that on original release, you could just run around again until part two came out. And that explains Geralt's like, you know, hey, I've been looking everywhere and haven't been able to find him and stuff. Like, if you had played it at the time, that probably would have been exactly how it went. But yes, we're not actually going to know. That just, of all of the moments, it makes the most sense to me. Yeah, unless somebody specifically brings it up or or maybe we look at it later. Because I, while you were kind of talking there, I tried to look it up real quick. But mostly I was just getting YouTube videos of, here's part one of my blood and wine playthrough. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that doesn't really help me because that's not what I'm actually like after. <laughs> yes. No, I'm talking about actual part one. <laughs> yes. Because at this point, I mean, blood and wine is basically just, I don't even know if they sell it differently. I, when I look at it on steam, I thought it just said blood and wine DLC because both of them are out. I don't even know if it treats them any differently. I don't know. I know the expansion pass, like the season pass thing listed as Heart of Stone and then Blood and Wine Part 1 and Part 2. But if you buy it separately, like, I mean, that's probably just an old description from when it was coming out and they never bothered to update it or whatever. So I don't actually know. Yeah, neither do I. At the end of the day, I don't really care. It just. Yeah, it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> it, if that's the case, it kind of feels light. Although I don't know where Part 1 would have ended otherwise. So. And also, again, like, you know, who knows what else came with that that isn't just the main story part. You know what I mean? So at this point, we've talked to her. In order to even get to the tower, we first have to talk to Jack, who is funny. Or not Jack. Maybe he's Jack. I don't know. It, it seemed like the multiple people wolf. were named Jack. But yes. Jack is a common name in the fables. Yeah. He was specifically the boy who cried wolf. And wow, if that boy called wolf. As many times as this guy did, because even Geralt goes, I want to punch him in the face. (laughs) Yeah. I hate this person. If you, 
in the middle of the conversation, he actually stops him and he goes, if you say wolf one more time, I'm going to kill you. So let's move this along. So basically, you just, Geralt quickly realizes that you just have to ask the questions in a way. I guess I'm getting ahead of myself again. Basically, the beanstalk guy tells you, hey, I can't tell you where the beans are. Uh, maybe Jack knows, but I, I really can't tell you that because reasons. Of course, the wolf kid knows. So you basically just have to lie to this kid. Or what? Well, sorry. You have to get to you. You, you. you just have to understand that everything the kid says, correct, you're, that the kid lies to you. And after that whole conversation, it's funny because even Sienna says, you, you really like figured out how to get information from him. And Carol goes, uh, it's pretty easy. You just have to know that he's never going to tell you the truth. You just have to ask him in a way that when he lies, he's actually telling you the thing you want to know. Yeah. So then we find out that three pigs might have one. Rapunzel might have one. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood might have one. The matchstick girl might have yeah, one. Yeah, the, the Flint the Flint seller might have one. Also, the three bears, I believe, and yes. Goldilocks. Yes, Goldilocks and the three bears might have one. So the, the little Flint cell girl is kind of right there. Mm-hmm. So that was the very next thing I did. I went up yeah. to her. And another instance of this whole magic thing going nuts because... She sells she, drugs now. Well, thanks for taking that from me, but okay. <laughs> you you get up to long. her. I wasn't ta- I was lit. You took too long, man. You lost your chance. I'm sorry that I'm trying to build a narrative for my listeners, Andrew. <laughs> I guess I will quit doing that. Why don't you tell us about the little girl? I mean, I, that's the thing. She sells drugs now. She doesn't have a bean, but she does have a ribbon that Sienna used to have that the wizard guy who made this claimed would always protect her. And she's like, I'm sure it doesn't actually do anything, but it has sentimental value. So if you decide you want this thing, you can buy it from her or play her in Gwent for it. Did you get it? I assume you probably did because you saw the opportunity to play Gwent and probably immediately jumped on it. Oh, yeah. I completely (laughs) destroyed her in Gwent. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, you're a pretty bad business lady. You know, the (laughs) first of all, little girl, I understand you're just a little girl that's selling drugs and other ridiculous things now, which I actually bought a bunch of stuff from her. Like the lady... The leader of the brothel did way better than you at Gwent. That's yeah. the story from, from last time. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. So I got it. I'm, I'm guessing you got it too. Yeah. Did you also play Gwent? No, I just gave her the money because I was just I was like, I'll just take the XP for giving the money. What? You also get experience for beating her in Gwent as a part of a story level quest. Oh. Yeah, because I got experience from playing her in Gwent and winning. Oh, well. And then getting the ribbon anyway, because you get experience based off of just getting the ribbon. Well, you also get, because like historically, every time someone's asked you to give them money, you get experience for giving them money. Well, here's the thing. I'm not just going to give this little drug girl money. You know, I'll give the one kid money, 500, because he actually has a plan and seed money. This girl is just going around selling drugs. I'm not going to support her habit. No, what I did was I bought it from her and then immediately turned around and sold a bunch of the junk out of my inventory to her and got all my money back. But 
now she has stuff that's worth that much money so she can go out and buy more drugs. You basically just made this whole problem worse. You're you're feeding into her <laughs> bad business practices. And by bad, I mean selling drugs. So you, as a witcher, have now contributed drug money to a drug kingpin, which is this little girl <laughs> who couldn't sell Flint anymore. Let's just put that another notch on Andrew Bad Witcher. She's a fictional character, even within the universe, who doesn't exist and won't exist for much longer because the magic is falling apart. What does it matter? So you're taking money away from that. So that's actually another interesting point. Why is she even selling anything at all? Yeah. And where did she even get Fistech? I know, right? So this would imply, or, or even know what Fistech is, this would imply that Anna and Silvana was coming in there, unless maybe the mage was going in there whenever Anna and Siana weren't, and he was basically just throwing Fistech around like nobody's <laughs> business. I, mean, I don't know where this girl is even getting Fistech from, yeah. or who she's selling it to the big bad wolf because that dude has really gone downhill i totally get it what he described the hunter and little red riding hood doing to him every single day i certainly would want to have gotten revenge too but you roll up on little red riding hood and it's just the big bad wolf and you kind of talk to him you say hey i need a bean well i'm not gonna give you a bean and i have a british accent for some reason even I thought I'm, it was French because everything in that world is French. Oh, well, maybe I just don't recognize accents. You, you're probably right. So you've got an accent for some reason. Probably because the accent in Toussaint may be, may be French. Yes, it is extremely French. But he had a very thick accent. Yes, he did. His was very thick compared to basically everybody else. So he goes, yeah. He's also super drunk. I am not willing to do anything with you. Unless we act out Little Red Riding Hood, and that ain't gonna happen. Well, why? Well, because I murdered Little Red Riding Hood and the hunter and threw him in the lake. Cool. Wow. And you kind of mention, what the heck, man? Why'd you do that? Well, if you were having your insides gashed out every single day, filled with rocks and thrown at the bottom of the lake, you'd want to murder them too. I really can't argue that point with you. So Sienna says, she kind of pulls Geralt aside and goes, listen, we still can do it. Just swim to the bottom of the lake and get Little Red Riding Hood. Get and the he, actual cloak. Well, yeah. well, no, because at first she mentions swim to the bottom of the lake and Geralt goes, I'm not just going to bring up a corpse. Are you insane? She goes, no, genius. Get the hood. I will wear it and you will play the hunter. Got it. <laughs> Let me go to that lake and go get the hood and figure all this out. So you get the hood and I have to say, Sienna, she really pulls off Little Red Riding Hood. I have to give credit where credit is due. And she's just been wearing black and looks dark and dreary this whole time. She puts that hood on. Hey, it really works for you. Not <laughs> everybody can pull off Little Red Riding Hood, but you are doing a great job. It's true. I can play the hunter as the witcher because I'm basically already a hunter and I don't have to change any clothes at all. So cool. You then go back and it plays out 
the, my, you what big eyes you have. My, what big arms you have. My, what big teeth you have. And murder time. Geralt, it's your turn. Let's go and fight. You're right. She pulls out her sword in this section. I do specifically remember pulling out her sword and kind of helping. But she didn't really do much because I obliterated that. Oh, yeah. So, turns out, hey, first bean. Well, I guess second bean because I already talked about the tower. But tower was the bean I actually got last. Oh, so I actually got uh, the wolf's bean last. So, for me, I picked up this guy right away. Probably because I was running around randomly attacking all the pixies. (laughs) And I just... The tower hadn't even occurred to me because it was one of the things that was the farthest away, at least from where I was at that time. So the next thing I think I did on the list was... Side question. Did you check the notice board by the Flint girl? Oh, of course I did. And yes, I went and helped out the goose. The goose, yeah. I don't know how much that golden egg is worth, but I now have a golden egg sitting in my inventory. Yeah, I actually never looked at it, but I'm wondering if you could like set it up as a, a trophy in your house, because I would probably do that. You know, what's really interesting to me is if this goose is laying golden eggs, this mage has basically just created a money factory. Because I don't know if you noticed it. I almost want to look in my inventory now and see if I actually have a golden egg, because I always meant to go back and do it, because later on, I came across a donkey. and. The donkey had pooped, but his poop said magic gold. I picked it up, and it was in my inventory when I left. I wonder if I go to my inventory now, if A, there's anything in there, or B, if it just turned into literal fecal matter in my inventory. (laughs) Because what a surprise that would be for Geralt when he's like, oh, cool, I picked up all this magic gold. I'm going to go sell this. So he gets to the merchant. I want to say you go back to the crow's peak. So you're talking to that one really poor merchant. You get in here like, hey, I'd like to sell this. And he just pulls out crap. And then the merchant's like, what is this? You think I'm worth this much? Like, <laughs> so that's why specifically him. Because it's like that would just be the guy that's like, thanks, Carol. You really are the salt of the earth. You go up to some random merchant. Or no, you know what? It would be better. You take it back to like Zoltan or Dandelion, like, hey, look at all this gold I've got. And he just pulls crap out of his inventory. And they're like, Geralt, you have a problem. I think you've been hitting the Gwent a little too much. So after that, I, I think I did the th- Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Which I don't know who killed Goldilocks, but she's dead. I actually didn't do that one because I had done the pigs. And because, again, I just kind of ran into them in the order of like where I was at. And as soon as I got it, like the Goldilocks stuff just disappeared off the map because I had all three beans. Oh, okay. Well, I actually did everything. Uh, So you get there. Goldilocks is dead. I don't know who killed her. I don't know what killed her. Maybe the three bears. I was going to say, I would assume the bears, but. But you get up there. And before I even looked at her, I walked up. And for the first time in this game, I was punished for stealing. Because there were three bears actually laying in each one of the beds. I walked up and I was like, oh, cool. Magic food. Let me just grab that because I grab everything. And then the small bear immediately goes, hey, he's murdering. Or, he's, 
<laughs> Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. That guy, the murdering, that guy's murdering the food. The murdering has not occurred yet, but it's about to. Hey, that guy's stealing from us. Get him. The one thing I loved about this whole section is because this was magic, every single thing in this entire area gave you points for Erendite. Yeah, it was all silver sword stuff. I was so happy because of that, because I basically just went in and silver sword everything, and I leveled up my Erendite a ton yep. in this section, and I'm still not using it anymore. Oh yeah, my Erendite, partially because I have such a sword-heavy build, like between the vampires and this, I got a lot of levels in that sword. The other one that you get is the three pigs, but there was one, what was the other one? That I mentioned. It was Goldilocks and the Three Bears, Girl with the Fist Tech, because she didn't have a bean either. The Golden Goose we did. Uh, So then the last thing is the three pigs all happened to be in a giant house made of brick. So fitting. I just not the actual ending of the three pigs, though. Yeah, it is. No, because the other two get eaten in the actual story. Oh, well, yeah. When their houses get destroyed. (laughs) Well, there's also a different ending to the story where the three pigs murder the wolf and eats him after they're protected inside the house. Yeah. Because it tries to go down the chimney or something. Yeah, I I remember that from cartoons or something. And so you get there and all the three pigs and everything are in there. You kill all the pigs. Magic beans sitting on the counter. Cool. So at this point... You now get to grow the beanstalk. And I thought this interchange was kind of funny because Geralt yes. and Selena get down there. She plants the beans and she says, this is going to be immediate. This is going to be a big deal. So you're going to have to move off to the side. So he kind of throws the bean in and, and runs out of the way and nothing happens. And they nothing just kind of look at, at each other. Yeah. They look at each other. They look back at it. They look at each other again and. And then she just kind of shoes Geralt up there. So he goes up and looks. And as soon as he gets over it, he's like, what's going on with these? Oh, yeah, he, he grumbles. He's like, something always goes wrong. <laughs> Which I knew was going to happen from the beginning. And I loved it anyway. I do want to say, because the very first thing after you get her back, that's when you get on the unicorns. Mm-hmm. This is that other part about the unicorns that I was talking about last episode. Because Geralt goes... Wow, this brings back really good memories that I have. She goes, wait, of the unicorn? Yeah. She goes, do you want to elaborate that a, a little bit more? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, I will elaborate on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I just, I miss Yennefer so much at this point. It's so heartbreaking that I haven't got to see her since the end of the last game. Which has been like 40 hours ago at this point. Yeah, it's been so long. So many episodes. I'm just, I'm heartbroken. So we climb this beanstalk, which you get to the top and both of them are are kind of exhausted. And she says, well, you don't get to take a break just yet. And Geralt's like, why? What do you mean? Immediately, I will say, I'm very disappointed that the giant didn't say fee-fi-fo-fum. Because I I was kind of looking forward to it. But it doesn't happen. And this giant, basically the giant that comes out from the beginning, 
He's like full armor giant, comes out swinging this massive thing around, and now he you... Felt, he felt like a Dark Souls boss, just like from the way he was looked. Well, what you know what was even better? I love Erendite in the fact that every hit is a critical hit if it's at max. Yep. I slayed this dude so hardcore, it's not even funny. He barely got any attacks off on me at all because I completely annihilated him. Did you use the lightning to stun him? That I thought that was a cool touch. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, so the, the lightning uh, would strike some of the metal stuff, which I only did like once because then I, you know, I was able to destroy him in that one time. But if you got him to like swing towards the electrified stuff, he would like get stunned and zapped and like you know stand there paralyzed, and then I just annihilated him. I, I never got that opportunity, or at least I didn't know or notice if I did. So this is probably where you got that sword from. It sure is. You get up to the entrance of this castle. And Geralt says, hey, there's a wisp. Sienna says, don't follow it. You can never trust a wisp, especially not in here. I don't Which care. I mean, norm- normally fit sound advice, but yeah, I was like, I got to find out what's going on. Like, listen, this is fairy tale land. None of this matters. And actually, my first thought at this point was like, this thing might be leading me to something that's going to wind up being important to get like a good ending or something. Yes, that was my biggest concern. Like, especially if Sienna is telling you not to go, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll let me go. So I go and we get this awesome sword that is 20% to all skills. And when I got this sword, it was actually doing more damage than Erendite, even with as much stuff as I had leveled it up. Same here, and it was not a trivial amount more. It was still quite a bit. So I was very happy with this and immediately started using it. Now, the question I have is, at this point, now that both of you have an opportunity to take a break, so to speak, you have the option to be Be, nice to her and romance And I guess the question I have for you is... Be extremely polite with her. Were you extremely polite with her or not? I was. I was too, and I regret it. Only because I was sitting there as I was doing it. I was mostly just being nice like I try to do with Geralt all the time. And yeah, there was the option of, hey, if you choose this, you're you're gonna, you know, be polite. And I decided it anyway, and then I'm just sitting back and thinking about it, and I'm like, so she's just murdered a bunch of people using a vampire to do her bidding, and she's probably, and then she immediately after you're done being polite is basically saying, yeah, thanks, I basically used you, so basically you know how all those other women felt, and I'm like, okay, well, you didn't really use me because I definitely got something out of it, being incredibly polite, but regardless... I was kind of like, ugh, this one just felt wrong. I don't get me wrong. It was a, it was a, as polite scenes go. <laughs> it was really neat. It was but... really cool. It, it's like you know that scene in Spider Man when he's hanging upside down and they're making out and everything. And yeah, it's basically that, but magic is they're floating around the clouds and they become even more polite. But it's still after they become it was polite done, without clothes. It was just like, ugh. Yeah, I agree. Sienna felt, not Sienna, uh, Shawnee felt so special because 
she was just such an amazing person. And as soon as this happened, I was just like, uh, if there is a time where I was going to go back and take my choices away, it would have been that because I was kind of like, oh man, I, it just felt, it just felt off. It wasn't really another way to explain it other than I really could have done without this. Mostly oh, because agree. she's just been a bad person up to this point. And it's not made it pretty clear that this really isn't my jam being a bad person in, in games. So I, I guess I'm at least glad that you did it and also <laughs> agreed that it felt wrong because at the same time I was, if you had said, no, I didn't do it. And then I'd been like, well, that also justifies my opinion because it just felt off. So after that whole scene, and she basically says, jump down a well. Oh, and you go first. Yeah. I actually walked around the whole castle and everything for a minute because I'm like, the fact that you want me to go first and you are you makes me not trust that at all. It's like the fact that Gaunter told Olgierd, hey, let's show up at this specific location. I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. I don't want to go first. I don't trust you at all because I know nothing about this world. And this is way more advanced magic than I think Geralt has even ever seen because he was stunned when he first showed up here. And when he was talking to Shawnee about it, he's like, this is nuts. But you jump down anyway and everything's okay because you're immediately thrown out in some fountain. And at this point... I essentially, I think I teleported. I didn't teleport, but I basically chose the option of, yeah, we're going to see Detlaf now. So, yeah, it's a story level teleport where it just takes you there. So we get there and specifically, what's his face? Regis. No, Regis is actually there. Yes. And he says, because Geralt even mentions, um, how did you even know to be here? And Regis, I think he says something to the effect of, well, I just kind of figured it out. He basically said he read the diary of the, of like their matron or whatever you call that, the, like ca their caretaker. Oh, uh, one of the ladies in waiting or, or, or whatnot. Or like, the person who watched over him when they were kids. Yeah. And it, they mentioned that there was a portal in the fountain. He's like, yeah, that's how I knew to be here. And so he's actually throwing a lot of shade to Siani. And as Geralt, I actually kind of went back and was like, Regis, hey, man, I'm going to calm down a little bit. Like, I understand she kind of screwed over your friend. But and what Geralt says back, I thought was priceless because he goes, Regis, whatever happened to your famous politeness? And he actually Regis goes, you're right. Sianna, I'm sorry. Let's go. I thought that was kind of interesting because even Geralt says, hey, Regis, you know, you're you're being kind of a jerk here. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you do have a point. I mean, maybe it doesn't really warrant that. I don't really know the girl that well. All I know is she kind of screwed over my friend. I don't know if you got the same dialogue options. I did. I just did the have both of you stop it, basically. Oh, OK. And then they both start to protest. And then Geralt just kind of holds up his hands and he just sort of does that like, nope, no, no, no. <laughs> That's funny. I actually kind of like that one a little better because then it, at some point I'm saying like, Regis, you're the one being wrong here. And I don't necessarily agree with that either. Yeah. Which is part of why I picked the both. Cause I was just like, 
my my thought was more along the lines of like we just absolutely do not have time for this. The city is on fire. So we get up there. Detlaf shows up. He's mad. Really, really mad. Yeah. He demands that Sienna basically tell him the truth because again she just sits there and beats around the bush. Uh, I, I, I to like. Well, what did you say before he showed up? Because I specifically asked her if she was nervous. I did too. Okay. And then she's basically like, yeah, of course I'm nervous, but I'm here. And and to her credit, she even says like a whole lot of people that were never supposed to be involved in this are suffering and I'm not okay with that. So he's mad for good reason. To put it mildly. She says that it was her and that she was basically using him the entire time. He goes nuts. He attempts to kill her. Really good thing we picked up that ribbon. Yep. Because I actually specifically texted you, too. I was like, wow, I'm glad I was really thorough at Fableland. This would have gone a lot worse. Oh, so that's what you were talking about? The, yep. the ribbon? Yeah. I wonder if you had done all the other things because she didn't have a bean, if you wouldn't even known to have gone to talk to her. So that, it, that I guess, just kind of lucked out in your favor. Yeah. It's a, I guess it's a good thing you didn't need anything from the... Uh, Goldilocks. Goldilocks, well, that you know of, at least. Although I, I know what ending you got, so no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you got the same ending as me, but... I actually went back and looked at some of the other endings, and oh boy, could get real dark. Could be Brothers Grimm dark. Oh boy. So she gets teleported away. And he immediately attacks Geralt and Regis at this point, because I had actually talked to him specifically earlier and said, and this was before you even made that choice of which one you wanted to do. I said, if things go wrong, I have got to know if you're going to be with me or against me. And Regis says, if he puts a sword against you, I will put my sword against him. I'll put my claws against him. Yeah. If it comes to that, I will stand by you. And considering... The fact that Detloff means basically everything to him, I am really interested to know what happened between Regis and Geralt in the books because he basically owed a life debt to Detlaff and he very clearly helps you because those two immediately start like a full-on vampire brawl and it is nuts. When it started... It was an awesome fight. Like, even though it only lasts for a few seconds, I was immediately like, this is so cool. When it started going down, I'm like screaming in this room like, this is what? This is nuts! Wah! And my wife is in the other room and she's like, what is going on? I'm like, you don't understand. You gotta get in here and look at this. These vampires are going nuts. And then it stops and it says, prepare for the fight optional. What? I'm not going to pair for this fight. Everything else has been simple. I rush right in. Oh, boy. First mistake, not preparing for that fight. Yeah. Because this fight is, this is almost like the final boss that we didn't get in the main game. Yep. This fight is insane. It's extremely awesome, but also really hard. So you, you attack him a bunch, and at this point, he kind of gets like, I'd probably do maybe a, a quarter damage to him. I, I can't remember. It wasn't that, quite that's the about first right. tick yet. 
Yeah, uh, it's about a quarter. I would agree with that. And he kind of steps back. Because he's, he's still in his like normal form at this point. Well, yeah. He steps back and he's like holding his head and everything. And he basically now has decided to go SSJ because giant wings have come out of his body. He transforms into this ultimate vampire demon looking thing. Yeah. And I'm thinking this is so hard and I I got obliterated. He destroyed Mm -hmm. me. Yeah, that was exactly what happened to me the first time too. I was like, you know... I've got a few more levels from when he came here, and I'm sure his, he's not going to be as beefy as he was the first time, since you were clearly supposed to lose that first fight with him. Blew through his first phase, and then, yeah, I was just like, what is going on? Wait, I'm you dead. were supposed to lose that fight? Did you not? The first time I ever fought him? Yeah. No. Oh, yeah, wow, I don't know, because I don't know how that happened then, because literally, like, I was hitting him, and it was doing, like, one damage. So it was like, it was a fight that was clearly telegraphed as, hey, you're supposed to lose. I beat him the very first time I came across him. When you're fighting him in in that warehouse place, right? Where he sets the trap for you? Mm -hmm. I beat him. Hmm. And then it came back and and Geralt says that he lost. Basically, the movie says that you lost, but I beat him. Yeah, I remember very clearly that I beat him. And then when it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you lost. I was like, what are you talking about? I destroyed this guy. Wow. Okay. Maybe damage was working weird because of my mods then or something. I don't know. Yeah, because, like, when I attacked him the first time, like, I barely, like, one hit. He was taking out, like, half my health, and I hit him, and it, like, barely did anything. Like, it was very clear that... Are you sure you just weren't using the wrong sword? I am positive. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you've made many other Witcher mistakes. Wow. (laughs) It seems very likely that you just forgot which sword to use. I don't know. I did not. I it, The first time I fought him, it was a difficult fight, but I didn't lose. I lost story-wise. So that that's, huh, that's interesting to me. But I lost this one. I got obliterated. I did yeah. not. I, I was like, this is nuts. So then when it came back around, I said, okay, well, let me try that again. Again, I go right into the fight. Again, I get my butt handed to me. Like, okay, well, let me actually prepare this time. So I go through, and this is actually when I pull out the new sword and stop using Arendite, because I noticed that that sword, I didn't actually look at it until this point, and I noticed 20% to everything, and I'm like, okay, sweet. So I I added the oil to it at this point, and then I added two attack buffs and one armor piercing buff because I didn't know if maybe armor piercing I was going to need it or not, or if it would even help. So yeah, cause it also came with three slots from the beginning, which is really nice. Most relics past level 40 would all come with three slots, at least in my experience, except Arendite didn't have any. Can you even add slots to Arendite? I have no idea. Cause I never went back to the one guy. Yeah. I didn't think you could. I, any of them that had like special text at the bottom of them, you couldn't. Okay. If something had special text where it did something specific, I, from my recollection, none of them had any rooms. Anyway, but yeah. So at this point, I was sitting on 20 skill points. (laughs) I blasted through all of them. I noticed that his specific weakness in the bestiary was Quen, and I thought that was interesting. A lot of like the really big boss monsters 
their weakness is listed as Quinn, and I always kind of interpreted that as doesn't really have a weakness, so you're just going to want the defense. And so I basically went all in on Quinn and maxed everything on Quinn out that I possibly could, and then gave myself the ability to have all four things, and I basically just put all the Quinn stuff on it. And then I was looking through my inventory, and I'm like, okay, well, I think I'm good. Let me do this fight again. Again, second form, completely, like, I'm farther now, but he is still destroying me. Like, okay, I have lost three times now. I I really don't know what to do. And then I was looking through my potions, and I'm like, oh, black blood. Like, that's why he's getting health back. Oh, I'm so stupid. Like, I cannot believe I forgot about that. So then fourth fight, I'm going in there, I'm doing my black blood, I'm doing my Quinn, I'm trying to keep my distance, he's still fighting me, and I get him down to that third tick, and I'm like, okay, things are really going good, things are going my way. Wait, what? And then there's another surprise. Why is there a cutscene? Is he dead? (laughs) Is he dead? This is amazing. Nope. Oh, so... Now we're in some weird blood hellscape thing. Yeah, he bites Geralt. Geralt manages to get him off, but it's clearly got some kind of weird hallucinogenic something going on. And so you're put in this weird thing. Flesh prison. Flesh prison, because Geralt actually cuts his wings off. And Mm -hmm. that is, and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, now if he can't fly, this is going to be way easier. Well, here's my fourth death. because. Wow, was I underestimating everything that was going on. So now I redo all of that stuff, and then I realize that you can actually save because every single time I've been redoing all of my skill points and everything, and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. I should have been saving after I did all that. So I do all that, and I save. Optional, prepare, complete. I do everything, and then I'm like, I got to have health potions, everything like that with me. I've got to have a ton of healing items and everything because I've I got to do something. Eventually, everything hits in just the right mesh and I'm finally able to beat him. And I think I died like maybe maybe two or three more times. I died a lot. This fight was so hard. Actually, the second form was the only part that gave me trouble. I think I got the third form at either the first or second try. I was really pleasantly surprised after how much trouble I had with the first one, or with the, the flying form. But once I figured out how to just like actually dodge that bat attack, I did way better. I could never get the timing right down on that one. And by the time I got to the third form, the third form was significantly easier. It's just I didn't have enough health left. Yeah, I was just like... My toxicity was like completely pegged because I drank so many swallows and stuff in that fight. Well, because the problem was that every time you attacked him, the oil kept going down. So I was trying to use the oil. And not only that, not the oil, but black blood kept going down. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I have to use black blood, but I'm not going to have enough for my other potions. Like And I've not used any of my skill points on any of the potion stuff, so I don't even have more toxicity. So I'm going into this fight, and I'm just thinking, oh, this is not good. You know what wound up saving me, though? Because when I was going through, like, I had a very similar experience. You know, the first couple times, I just got absolutely annihilated. And then I just kind of sat down and took stock of everything I had so I could make a plan. 
And the one thing I used that it sounds like you didn't that wound up saving it was like the white honey or whatever. The one that immediately cancels all your potions and completely resets your toxicity because then I could be like, okay, I'm going to start another heal up. What? Yeah. I didn't think you could use that in a fight. Yeah. It just instantly cancels all your stuff and makes your toxicity go to zero. All your potions that you have on stop. But like, if you wait until you're basically, you know, they're expiring anyway, which is what I did. Then I was like, okay, now I have the room and I can drink more swallows and stuff. I didn't think you could use that in a fight. I thought you could only use that. Okay. Well, that should tell you how impressive it is that I was able to win. But that definitely explains why it took you so many more tries than me. Because once I, like, like I said, after like two or three tries when I was getting annihilated, when I sat down and did that, I'm like, okay, now I have a plan. And unlike you, I had put at least a little bit in my potion stuff, so I had more toxicity and things like that. So it, it just worked out that my skills were a little more oriented towards what kind of what you needed for this fight. But yeah. I, I had 50% red and 50% blue. And then I had 100% red in the middle, or, or 100% blue in the middle section. I didn't have any of the other ones in the middle section. And yeah. then I had mutations on like the 40% mutations on each one of the the items. So I was relatively balanced. I didn't activate any of my potion stuff though, but as I just said multiple times, I didn't know you could use that in the middle of a fight or I would have. Yeah. I, I, I I am a level of anger that Detlaf was at the fact that I didn't notice that before. So you finish the fight you beat the bad guy, and then Regis walks over. Yeah, you. once you stun him, Geralt gets up and like digs Regis out of the wall, like the rubble that Detlaf threw him into, and then Regis finishes him off because, like they said, only a higher vampire can permanently finish another higher vampire off. And Geralt is looking at him, and he goes, Regis, stop. I can't ask you to do this. And once again, Regis says, I don't have a choice. And then he does which it at, anyway. Which at this point I totally get after all the like terrible things that Detlaf has done at this point. Especially in this most recent section when like, because at this point Regis is like, yeah, there's no excuse for any of I can't defend this anymore. Well, because he said, I mean, because he was even saying Detlaf has a real angry side, but I'm working on it and I'm working with him and I'm hoping that he can be better. And after everything, after destroying the city and everything like that, he is like, I, there's nothing I can do. At this point, yeah. he is a lost cause. And the only thing that I can do is finish it. As he's doing that, the game kind of pans out and it's Geralt just kind of sitting there. And then he kind of goes down into his like meditative state as it shows him finishing the job. And then it kind of teleports us into Geralt being... A couple weeks later, I think it says. I think two weeks later specifically. Yeah, another time skip. Geralt is sitting there with Regis, and he's about to get a a massive medal and the highest honor that Toussaint can give. And he says that as you're standing there and you're kind of talking to him, he mentions, aren't you at all curious about the fifth piece of paper? And I'm just sitting there like, I had completely forgotten about it. I had totally forgotten about that fifth piece of paper. I'm like, yeah, he's right. I had even told Andrew that he was insane 
and that there was only four until I looked it up mid-episode and realized that I was wrong. I was right. <laughs> and so he says, well, don't you think we should kind of follow up on that? Y- you know what? Yeah, you're right. Except I already knew at this point, not from reading. Mm-hmm. I used my everything that I've learned. I already know who the fifth person is. Well, it, it, it was weird because it treats it like such a mystery even when you get it. And because like Regis is like, I would never have guessed. It's like, I swear I distinctly remember them having a conversation about the fact that that was almost certainly who it was. I don't think they ever talked about that specifically. I think it was just so obvious. I think Sienna talked to Geralt and basically she just mentioned how much she hated her sister and how she basically just left her to fend for herself and basically everything about compassion. And that is the only one that we didn't have yet. Anyway, yeah. It would, whatever the case, yeah, I was like, it's super obvious who it is. Like I, but the, but they acted like it was this shocking revelation that they couldn't believe, and I'm like, I, it was the most obvious person. I, I kind of want to fast forward through this part a little bit because it doesn't, at least in my opinion, matter that much. That was really the only big thing. Was yeah, we did get to talk to the boot black again. That was w- fun, which was which is always a pleasure. Yeah, he's he's a fun character. I like him a lot. But in case you haven't figured it out, the final person is her sister. Of course it is. So Geralt specifically wants to know why. And to a lesser degree, Regis, though, I don't think he really cares. Because it's pretty clear that Regis is like, this is pretty much all your fault. So I don't really care if you live or die from a Siana perspective. A pretty understandable reaction at this point. Oh, yeah. Done. I'm surprised he even cares to bring it up because it's very clear that Geralt had already forgotten. I assume that that existed because, again, the players may have forgotten if they were playing it like when part one came out and they didn't play again until part two. Like, I assume that's the entire reason that exists. But yeah, I, I would have to think that you're right right there because he even Geralt even mentions before we even figure all this out. Hey, are you going to the ceremony? Yeah, no, I cannot think of something that I would want to do less than go to that ceremony. Fair. Really fair. Yeah. So the question I have for you, how did the conversation with you and Sienna go? Well, I mean, I think you know because of how the ending went, but like I went and talked and basically Geralt said after some questions, you know, like, have you considered maybe forgiving her? I was really hoping you weren't going to ask that because the other option is, wow, finally some honesty for once. There are two options. Basically, she's being prickly the whole time. As usual. And she just kind of says, listen, I hate her. I can't stand her. She was not compassionate to me at all. And when he says, well, have you ever considered forgiving her? It starts this whole heartfelt story of her talking about all the things that she's done with her sister. And then Geralt says, she was a child when this happened. What did you expect her to do? You think that she was going to go against her father and get guards to help you out? There was nothing she could do because she was a child. And so Sienna kind of reflects for a minute and then she kind of slams her hand on the door and she just kind of is like, I mean, I guess you're right, but that doesn't mean I have to accept it. 
So then you go talk to Damien. Did you tell Damien that Anna Henrietta was going to be the the fifth victim? I did, yes. So did I. Okay. I was kind of interested to see what happened if you didn't tell him. But I didn't tell the Duchess. Neither neither did I. <laughs> that, okay. It's interesting that we ma- we wound up like making almost exactly the same choices when that has definitely not happened before. Well, because I specifically, like I told you, I wanted to go back and I wanted to see how things were differently. And I only changed one dialogue option from the things that I was changing earlier. And things went vastly different. But before I get into that, you get there and she gives you your medal. And she says, before she tells you that she specifically wants you to stick around for her, Sienna to show up. Geralt basically says he gets the option to in front of everybody be like, oh, hey, you know, your sister was the one that was going to kill you. You were the next victim. I hope you know that, right? Or I can't remember what the other option was. The other one was basically just, you know, this is an honor. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That's like, this is a, this is truly an honor. And I said that. Yeah, because what I thought was bringing that up in front of everybody is probably going to go real bad. I'm like, this is not the time or the place. There are way too many people here for me to say that. And Sienna shows up and her and her sister get into a little argument. And there are two options that Geralt gets, which one of them is basically, yeah, do whatever you want with her, treat her bad or whatnot. And then the other one, Geralt basically says, okay, she's your sister, but she still did bad things. And then there's a heartfelt moment between both of them where, again, they both kind of have this argument with one another back and forth. And then Geralt is kind of in the background with the voice of reason that, again, she was a child. What did you want her to do? And Sienna goes into this story about how the final straw was a prank that they had played on a merchant. Uh, the Nilfgaardian ambassador, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's somebody of importance. I didn't remember exactly who it was. But all I know is the prank ended with him being like covered in fish and... Fish oil and stuff, yeah. Refuse, which caused an issue being the fact that he was an important guy and her mom and dad have already just decided that Sienna was evil because of the whole curse thing that apparently existed. But then Anna is actually in the background. And what Sienna's mad about is the fact that she didn't say anything about that. And so then Anna starts to, she says, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I should have been stronger. I should have tried more. I should have done something. No, no, no. More than that, the thing that actually got her kicked out was something Anna did, not her. Well, yes. The whole prank was Anna's idea. And she didn't own up to the fact that it was her idea. And so then she kind of comes back and says, you didn't even search for me. And Anna says, I tried. I did search for you. As soon as I was able to, I searched for you. You didn't want to be found, and I couldn't find you. And then Sienna kind of goes, she, she kind of gets that look of, you know what, you're right. I guess it wouldn't have mattered even if you were searching for me because you would have never found me. And so Sienna kind of turns around and Anna comes up behind her and she's kind of trying to like put her hands on her to try to, you know, give her a hug and reassure her and everything. And then 
Sienna's like pushing her away and then she kind of turns back around to face her sister and Anna just grabs her and and starts giving her a hug. And at that point, Sienna hugs her back and we basically get a good end. At least Mm -hmm. this is as good as I can possibly think, except for the fact that then you have an opportunity to go back to talk to Regis. And now Regis basically has to leave because all the vampires hate him because he's immediately attacked by Bruxa. And he completely annihilates, but still, he's like, yeah, I can't stay. And meanwhile, he's like, I had to do it. I had no choice in the middle of that fight. But I will say, I mean, despite the fact that Sienna was basically a terrible person, as far as those two getting, she didn't not have reasons, but none of the reasons she had any way, shape or form meant like none of that gave her the right to do anything that she did. Yeah, and Geralt calls her out on that too because, like, when she's complaining about how her sister didn't care, and her's like, "Did you care about any of the people that you know have suffered because of what you did? Like, you you're not any better. Don't even pretend that you're somehow like in the right here." Yeah, like you are very clearly wrong, and people want your head for a reason. So before we get to the end, end because the credits play at this point. Credits play and. After you get basically told by Regis, he's like, hey, I left you a present back at your house. I was like, cool. I guess I'm going to go back to my house. then. that's awesome. You get. I'll be honest, like before we go into that, I want to say like the bit with Regis at the very end, like both him getting attacked and talking about having to leave and just like them reminiscing and talking about how, you know, like after all this, they've they've earned a break. Like they, they deserve some rest and stuff. I, I'll admit I got a little emotional about that. How did you respond when he asked, are you going to continue to be a witcher? I said, I don't know. I didn't. I said, no, I said, you know what? No. And Geralt's response is perfect. He says, listen, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but sometime soon, I want to sit down and just let all of this He's like, why not? Haven't I earned it at this point? And Regis kind of looks at him and he just acknowledges the fact that, yeah, you have. And that is the point that got me. Honestly, that's not even very much different from what he says when you say you don't know, where he's basically like, you know, I have a feeling that one of these days, yeah. I mean, yours is a little more decisive in that sense, but that's really not very much different from the I don't know response, which makes it sound like that's clearly like the direction they wanted it to go regardless. But then it kind of zooms in on Geralt and he kind of looks at the camera right before the credits roll. And he's like, he he almost gives like a smiling wink of, yeah, (laughs) you know, it's not over or like, yeah, we're, (laughs) we're done. Cause I don't know that they planned on making another game after this. I've actually heard rumors about a Witcher four. Well, they just signed a contract again with like the writer to at least do more stuff in the universe, whether or not Geralt's going to be involved. So that is kind of, it is kind of cool. And and honestly, if they do do another Witcher game, I, I think I probably wouldn't want Geralt to be involved. I think he's definitely earned his retirement. I want sure. the main character to be Yennefer. And I want <laughs> Yennefer to, I want to know everything from Yennefer's perspective. I mean, they did do that spinoff game that has nothing to do with Geralt, but it's the Queen of Rivia. So... Geralt, here's what happens with one simple dialogue option. If you go to Siana and you say, why, 
how refreshing it is to for you to finally not lie about something. She basically comes back and she says, Anna doesn't care about you at all. Regis is using you for his own gain. And all she does is she tries to sit there and just hurt Geralt. And his response is basically, you know, I know what you're trying to do. All you're trying to do is hurt me. You're a very prickly person, but it's not going to work. Of all the people in the world that you can't hurt, I'm probably the only one. And then she also slams her hand on the door. And then you go down and I did everything else identically, except I don't have all the information at this point. And when Anna asks if I should forgive her or not, there are two different options. One of them is, yeah, treat her like a common criminal, just like everyone else. And the other one is, yeah, I mean, she's your sister. And what Geralt says to, yeah, I mean, she's your sister is basically like, listen, she sucks. I get that she's your sister, but you really have to think about the people in this situation. Your sister sucks and everyone knows it. So Anna and and Sienna kind of disagree back and forth. Anna goes to give her a hug and she says, Sienna, can you ever forgive me? And Sienna kind of walks up to her and she embraces her with a hug and says, no, dear sister, I cannot. She takes her hand, pulls out one of the hairpins and immediately stabs Anna Henrietta. As soon as you said that they uh, hugged, I knew that's where that was going. Not only that, but as she's stabbing her, then Damien pulls out his crossbow and he's like, um, he's holding it. He points it directly at both of them. And Geralt's like, wait, hold, hold, hold on. Anna's right there. Sienna just like, basically just like rips her jugular out. And Damien immediately shoots her in the neck. And both of them fall down dead. Fast forward two weeks later, there's been a massive funeral. And you basically get the option to put flowers at her gravesite. And I was, I was like, I can't, I can't go back to this. Let me go back to my happy sunshine safe. Like, I can't, this is so bad. This is like so bad. But I go back to my happy sunshine safe and I decide, hey, I'm going to go to my house. And it's actually a quest. Home sweet home. Yep. You get back to your house, and as soon as you get there, Major Domo comes running outside, and he goes, Geralt, there's somebody in there. They force their way in. And Geralt goes, who could it be? Like, I, I don't understand who would be here. And Major Domo goes, I don't know. They didn't give me the pleasure of telling me their name. And I go, Andrew, this is true. Could this finally be the moment? And I walk in the house, and the immediate joy and elation that everything I've done has culminated this moment. It's Yennefer. I am so happy to finally be reunited with my love. And then she goes outside and she kind of talks about, you know, I've been away and I've really, really missed you. And I'm so happy that we got to see each other. And then you get all these dialogue options of different things that you can choose. And I think one of the things that I liked the best, and I won't go into each one because I'm sure that you got Triss instead of Yennefer. Yes. Which, I mean, you got definitely got the bad end from my perspective. 
one of the things that she says is they both kind of sit there and they're they're kind of doing their whole wordplay thing back and forth and she says where did this really come from because for the first time in a while she actually wins and Geralt says oh shoot you got me I have nothing and then she kind of sits there and she goes where did this even come from and they talk about how they were preparing for some battle or something and it was just those two and to pass the time Geralt just decided that they would argue with one another back and forth and who could come up with the best way to basically get back at the other person and she says you know I really love that and then she's just sitting there and she doesn't leave it ends and she's there and she's just there forever I can go back and do any quest I want and come back home to see Yennefer and I am so happy. Yeah, that was such a nice way to end it in terms of, I mean, the bit with Regis, like I said, I was kind of emotional, but ending it with, you know, Geralt getting to finally spend time with the person he loves in a way that is just quiet and happy and peaceful this is the best reward Geralt could get of anything. Like, I love this. Both of them were emotional to me. Whereas yeah, Regis no, no, was, was more emotional in far as hitting the sad notes of everything that's just happened with him. And he's like, listen, we're still friends. We're still buddies. We're still, you know, Geralt, Regis forever. A, a thousand times Geralt and Regis. <laughs> Then you get back there, and when I see Yennefer and I'm having this conversation, and she, we're, it's just me and her forever, I'm just like overwhelmed with such happiness. I, the fact that you hadn't finished the game yet, I wouldn't have been able to stop myself from calling you because I didn't want to take that away from you. I didn't want, because I didn't know if you knew it was going to happen, that, you, that she was going to be there at the end. And as happy as that moment was, I did not want to take that away from you because it just culminated everything that has happened. And this is why I think it's better than Heart of Stone. I will definitely say that that moment at the end, like I said, that was just really satisfying more than any other reward or anything else that could have happened. Just like getting to finally just stop and sit and spend happy time was wonderful. And it's, We've said on multiple occasions that happy time and the sitting times are the best time with Geralt. And yeah, we got that with Shawnee and Heart of Stone, but I, I still, I just don't see with this whole story and with as many twists and turns, with Olgeard, there was basically one twist. Gaunter's super mega evil and Olgeard was a bad dude, but maybe he wasn't all that bad. Blood and Wine kept me guessing Essentially, the whole way through, I never knew if I had all the information that I could have. I never really knew. Like, yeah, I kind of figured out that she was the fifth person, especially after we had kind of debated that there weren't actually five cards there. At that point, I was kind of like, okay, well, the only other person it could be is her. The fact that she was the same person, it's like when I was on my way there, I'm kind of coming to that realization. Yeah, same here. But just that was the same moment it hit me. The same. It's just there's so many twists, there's so many turns. I don't know. I I just I guess I have to disagree because I really think it was just a better experience overall story. Everything I felt was better than Heart of Stone personally. Blood and Wine was definitely the superior content in my opinion. Like I said, overall package. Yeah, there's no comparison. 
because of everything else. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the ending, like those last sections, though, were some of the best content in the entire game. So I suppose if, for that, if nothing else, then yeah, Blood and Wine is better. Yeah, th- this whole section was just amazing and, and as empty as I felt. And, and it, we, we kind of already did our Witcher recap in general when we finished the game itself. But even back then, I was mentioning, I'm like, it just felt so empty and nothing. And just the fact that Yennefer is there and I can see her whenever I want, I'm just so happy. I can, anytime I want to, I never will again, but anytime I want to, I can spin up The Witcher 3 and just spend time with Yennefer. It just, it's like when you end a game and you know you're never going to do it, but when you end and it kind of leaves you at the end, but it doesn't send you to like, before the last mission it sends you to hey there's more stuff you can do after but here's all your friends and everything and you can kind of still go to them and even though they really won't have much for you to say you can still see them and they're still there and it still feels like they're part of the world it didn't feel like that at the end of of witcher 3 base game and it just it felt off and wrong yeah it's kind of like how a lot of people consider the real ending of Mass Effect 3 and the trilogy as a whole, the random DLC that came out way later that takes place before the actual end of the game, but it's basically just you throwing a giant party with all your friends from these games. And I'm like, I totally get it. Like, that's the end. You get to spend time with your friends, and it's great. It was just so satisfying. And Andrew, I believe our time with The Witcher has come to an end. I never thought we'd get here, but we did. I knew it would someday happen. I just didn't think it was upon us. But we did it. We made it. Well, everyone, now that we're at the end of an era here and The Witcher is officially behind us, he's gone but not forgotten, it's time to start moving on to what comes next. Yennefer will never be forgotten. I just said not forgotten. I just, I needed people to know that. Like Yennefer, The Witcher is not forgotten. But we're about to move on to the next part of our podcast. Just like last time, we are going to do a set of one-shots again before we dive into our next big game. In this particular case, we've selected... Pathologic 2, Burnout Paradise, Disco Elysium. Yes. In your face. I stole it from you. Yes, Just it was like the- you <laughs> always steal the payload from every single one of my stories. <laughs> yes, it is those three that Chris just said. Pathologic 2, Burnout Paradise Remastered, specifically... Interesting little tidbit on Burnout Paradise. Apparently the ultimate collection on Steam, all the servers are gone. So you can play it, but you basically can't do anything of value. Awesome. And uh, Disco Elysium is going to be our third one. So just like last time, we are going to give away copies, just like we've done for everything else. But this time around, we're also going to do a grand prize as a thank you for all of your continued support. So what that means is one lucky person on top of the three individual winners, is going to get a copy of all three. Yay! Yes, thank you for that. Uh, Be enthusiastic. I don't have, like, a soundboard, so I can just be like, (laughs) I don't have that option. I I can always put something in in post, but, like, you know what I'll do? I'll take what I just did, I'll, like, amplify it by, like, a hundred, and then copy it like six times over it's gonna it's gonna be interesting i can tell you that he's not gonna do any of that stuff 
oh, I will. I <laughs> now, especially now that you've told me I'm not going to do it, I will. Thank you for all your continued support. Thank you for continuing to listen. Hopefully, you'll stick around with us as we move on from The Witcher. These are really sad times. You know, I, honestly, I didn't want to stick with it either. I understand where, where you're coming from. Yennefer's gone. It's true. What do you even have left to live for at this point? Unfortunately, everything everything has to come to an end. Even, even his my time yeah, with Yennefer. As much as I hate to admit it. But now, we have three new games for you to listen to. And then, another big one, which we will announce at the end of these three weeks. As always, you can find our contact information in the episode description where you can reach us on Twitter or email or our Discord server. We'd love to hear from you. Chris and I have been talking a lot recently about how generally how happy we've been with the podcast and the you know the growth we've had and the people who've been listening and sure like we're we're, we're trending in the right direction and that's all wonderful, but it's satisfying, and as we finish this big milestone like this, easily, you know, this game has been two-thirds of the existence of this podcast at this point. I guess I'm just reflecting back on it and thinking, you know, even as we've had these audio problems in the last couple episodes and things like that, and we don't have a ton of free time and things are complicated, you know, I'm really glad we've been doing this, and I'm really looking forward to what we're going to do next. All I can really say is thank you. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening so far. And, and if for some reason this is your first episode, welcome. I mean, what an episode as far as I'm concerned. But the only thing that I can really say at this point, I love Yennefer. Yennefer.